Welcome to Fantasy Trouble with Nico Nathan. We're on episode number three, and we've grown quite a bit already, guys. And we got to tell you about it today. Today, we're going to be back in the booth here for another edition, and we're going to pack our bags and head to the training camps of the Patriots and the Steelers, where we're going to bring you some of the latest buzz going on for your fantasy roster. Then we got to tackle the question that's on everyone's mind right now with Saquon. Is he worth a first-round pick? We're going to break down some of that. You want to kick up your league a little notch? Stick around as we share a minor adjustment that can turn the fun and excitement in your league up to 11. Why, turn this down a little bit. And finally, we're going to shine the spotlight on four teams you should keep your eyes on who they are, and why you should care. So buckle up, folks. We're about to kick off another fantastic episode of Fantasy Trouble. Remember, in this game, knowledge is power. Stay smart. We got a brief message coming up right now from our sponsor, Quid AI. All right, guys. Before we jump in and get today's show rocket and rolling, I want to give you a quick message and a shout out to Quid AI. If you wish you had more time for strategy and creativity in your marketing, do you wish you had somebody to help you navigate AI and what it all means for your business? Whether your business is a small, medium, or large business, your needs for AI are there and are ready to be taken advantage of. Their AI solutions streamline your efforts. They give you relevant insights to making your marketing, and just for, for instance, your marketing more efficient and more effective. It's like having your personal AI ex expert in your team just working tirelessly to help you reach your customers in more meaningful and impactful ways. So we like to thank them for sponsoring the Fantasy Trouble with Nico Nathan podcast. You can... Visit them today at quidai.com. All right, we're going to get right into the show for you guys today. We got about 30 minutes to cover everything. Everything we got here for you today. We're going to head to New England. We're going to head to Pittsburgh. We're going to talk about Saquon. I've got four teams you got to get right. You can't mess them up. You got to know what you can pick and pluck from them that's going to give you the advantage this year. That's what we're looking for. And then what else we got here? Uh, I got some more things for you. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about your fantasy league. Something small you might do this year. Or when you're with all your buddies, you might want to have a chit-chat and think of things up for next year. All right, guys. Let's head over to New England training camp right now. We're going to dive into some of the buzz around the camp. Bill O'Brien, the man who might just prove to be the Patriots' savior this season. But it's not his history of leadership and charisma that's turning heads. It's the actual X's and O's. Now, as we all know, this guy's got strategic acumen, is one of the highest in the NFL. However, here we are in training camp kicking off, and there's a glaring issue that's causing a lot of concerns, 
from fans and analysts like me. The question on my mind and on your mind and on everyone's mind is where are the weapons? Who's going to catch the ball? The Patriots offense has opened up under his guidance, but the lack of offensive firepower is becoming increasingly evident. You got Bourne, you got Thornton, and maybe tight end Jasecki. All three have yet to catch a single pass during competitive team drills. Meanwhile, you look at their roster and sixth round rookie wideout, Demario Douglas, caught four by himself on Friday. That's not a good sign. This issue is particularly pressing given the fact of the Patriots' recent history. This team's offensive struggles have been re a recurring theme over the past few seasons. And many of us were hoping that this year, this training camp, would showcase a revitalized, high-power, capable offense. And instead, here we are in the early days of the camp, and we've only highlighted the offensive deficiencies. This Patriot lack of weapon is a problem that needs to be addressed immediately if the team hopes to compete at the level that they seem to want to compete at or they think they're capable of competing at. Now, in the coming days and weeks, it's going to be real interesting, and we're going to be watching how the Patriots' management address this issue. What would you do? And when I ask you what you do, that means I want you to be sure you leave a comment, talk back to us, send us an email. You can do it all, all the information on any of the platforms that you're watching Fantasy Trouble on today, whether that be Apple, Google, Spotify for podcasters, Spotify, just in your channel. You can type in Fantasy Trouble and we pop right up. Look for the scary helmet. That's our logo designed by Quid AI. But let me know what you think they'll do. Will they bring in some new talent? Will they look for new talent? Or are they going to focus on developing skills of these guys that show flashes like Demario Douglas? I'm not for sure. Only time will tell. Now, I do have some good news out of the camp, and I'm going to talk about the meaning behind Fantasy Trouble, too. I want to get into that. But before I do, on the brighter side, You've got Judon and Stevenson. They return to practice in full capacity. And they were playing pretty well against a defensive back-dominated 11-on-11s. Uh, However, that clock is ticking for Bourne and Thornton. Not only did they disappoint last season, the organization is probably, you know, thinking, well, maybe we can at least get a serviceable number three out of one of these guys. I don't know. I want to know what you guys think. So I had mentioned in the intro that we've grown a lot already. And we do have some listeners coming on. You can help us grow by sharing this information, sharing it with your friends or anyone else you think might be interested, or just sharing it to share it. Somebody, if they're interested, they'll look at it. 
Um, that helps us out here at the Fantasy Tribble with Nico Nathanson. Going to the name of our podcast, Fantasy Tribble, there's a lot of information out there now. There's tons of podcasts. There's tons of Sirius XM radio listening and, pot and radio shows you can listen to. And they're all trying to tell you about the same thing. They're all telling you top five, top this, make sure you get this guy, what to do with this. Here's some help. That's not what Fantasy Trouble's going to be about. Fantasy Trouble's going to be about the trouble, the problems, what's going wrong, why don't, and where we can take advantage of it. That's what you're supposed to find in the information that we provide for you. So we're going to tell you more and more things that are problems and troubles and things we should be worried about. We're going to be your alert, your amber alert for fantasy football. If we're talking about it, you better pay attention to it. All right. With that being said, let's go talk about Saquon. Now, we all know the return of Saquon Barkley to the New York Giants training camp has shaken up the first round of mock drafts all of a sudden. I've been following some mock drafts. I don't like doing mock drafts because you're just mock drafting. It's just, it really has very little value until AI came along. And that's something I'll talk to you about later in another show. We're going to talk about how AI can be used to help you win your season. We're not there yet. We're putting that show together for next week, I believe. However, when I'm doing these mock drafts, I've been studying them and following them. And all of a sudden, Saquon's going in the first round. Now, he made a surprise about face, we all know, when he was against the franchise tag and then turned around and signed a one-year deal so that he would attend the first day of training camp. This totally removes any of the questions around whether he would intentionally miss games or hold out in some way. And this allows all of us fantasy managers to properly evaluate where he should be drafted. And I say that one more time. This allows you to properly evaluate where he should be drafted. However, there's another contrasting situation with Josh Jacobs, and he continues his holdout, causing his stock to trend downwards. And these differing approaches have significantly impacted the first two rounds of the mock drafts. You've got Barkley, who just had an unexpected RB5 season, and he set up for an even bigger factor this year than he was last year. The bigger the factor, maybe the bigger the fail? I don't know. And he leaps up the mock after ending his holdout for the Giants. And the only other running back with at least 1,300 rushing yards and 50 receptions last season was Josh Jacobs holding out, who continues to fall in ADP. I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. I'm a big fan of the Raiders. I like what they do there. I like the whole Raiders in Vegas thing. I love it. Now, on the other hand, 
You got other guys like Joe Burrow. He's got a calf injury. Now that's not too serious. We're hearing all different types of things. People are going to tell you to calm down. But still very comforting for anyone thinking about drafting Chase that he's going to come back. And that's why he just slides a little bit, not too much. So having Josh Jacobs be pushing down and all of a sudden Barkley going up just because he signed, I, I don't know. You know, another player to watch just like this is Cooper Cup. He's taking a big jump this month, and he could find himself in the first round, and he's going to be my keeper for sure. But he missed eight games last year. That's what I keep, you know. Yeah, of course he's going to be your keeper, but he missed eight games last year. And then I turn around and tell them in the games he did play, he led all position players in fantasy points per game. And that's why Cooper Cup will be my keeper if you're listening in that league and you're on, you care. There's a little hit. All right, let's go back over to Pittsburgh. Now, the buzz all around camp was about Pickens. You got this quintessential deep ball receiver. And the Steelers are talking all about being more explosive. We got to make some changes, he said. This offense has been known for its lack of explosive plays. Failing to consistently produce on a regular basis. No matter who's at the helm, no matter who's the weapon, However, this year, Mike Tomlin wants to make a statement. On the first play of the first team period of training camp, they took a shot on a go ball, signaling a shift in their total offensive strategy. When Pickens was asked about this, he said, that was our explosive hint. That's what's coming, folks. The same plays are the same plays, but as far as where they're going with the ball, it's a huge change. They're extending, they're being explosive, they're sending it out faster, sooner, they're getting it into different places, while all based on the same playbook. This team is aiming to be more explosive in all ways. And this comes after Tomlin noted that the team had an inclination to kind of be more explosive this year. Let us do it, they said. They were one of the worst teams in football at producing those kinds of plays. Does that mean it's going to be absolutely successful? Nope, not at all. But if you're a gambling person, if you don't set up for those types of plays, then they're not going to make those types of plays. So this is a great thing for fantasy managers. If you're willing to put, if you're if you're willing to select the person and manage the risk, the team has not had. Here's a little benchmark for you. The team has not had over 400 yards of offense in a single game since 2020 against the Cleveland Browns, and that has to be fixed this year because to play in the NFL. You gotta have, at some point, 
to win games against com real competitors, you have to be able to put up over 400 yards of offense combined. At least get close to it. This team ha can't do it for years. For years. 2020. That's absolutely ridiculous that some of you Steelers fans are holding on. Hold on now. Don't quit now because now's the best possible situation you guys are in, have been in, in, in three years. All right. I want to talk to all you pigskin pros, football fiends, draft dynamos, touchdown tacticians, and league legends about four teams that you got to pay attention to. These four teams are the Cleveland Browns, the Seattle Seahawks, the LA Chargers, and the Indianapolis Colts. Now let's start with the Browns. We talked a little bit about them earlier. The Browns, in my opinion, have the potential to be a sleeping giant on offense. And that all comes down to the quarterback performance of Deshaun Watson. It all comes down to the quarterback performance who put up the league worst efficiency numbers in his six starts in 2022. However, the saving grace there is the Browns run game is probably one of the best in the leagues. It is the one of the best in the leagues. Top three. And the addition now of Elijah Moore could be a game changer for the Browns. I've got some other secrets about the Browns, and I got my eye on them. You should too. Why don't you let me know what you think about the Browns? Make sure you email us, send us a note. Let's move on. This one, surprised it made this list, but you do have to get this right. The Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is a potential top five unit in Seattle. Geno Smith, fantastic season. Coming back, huge boost to this offense. The addition of uh, Jackson Smith hyphen, I can't say his name. I'm just not going to do it. And Jigba. I know I murdered that. Jackson Smith and Jigba. The best receiver prospect in the entire draft. Could be a huge game changer, not only for Geno Smith, but for this team. These rookie sensations, these rookies, I have to tell you, I've, I've seen more potential that I think they're going to get their chance and their shot this year, more so than they have in previous years where rookies, maybe you didn't see them get the opportunities that we would like out of a rookie if we draft them. I think we uh, will make sure we talk some about that on another show. Right now, I want to get to the team number three in this list is the Chargers. 
and I, we mentioned this the other day, and it, and it comes up again because I'm I just can't stop talking about this rookie that I was just mentioning. You know, now we got Quentin Johnston, huge X factor for Herbert. Herbert already has tremendous amounts of talent. Now you got Johnston. This is an explosive, explosive option. And this is going to really stand out in his receiver weapons. My second favorite team in the NFL is the Indianapolis Colts because I'm a homer. That's where I'm from. And one of the most disappointing units in the entire NFL last year, not just for Colts fans, but for fantasy managers across the world were the Colts. And let me tell you something. Regardless of how much their management tries to screw things up, no matter how much Ursay is just probably one of the worst people to be involved with football, the Colts are ready for a comeback. You got a new head coach. And you got one of the most athletic quarterback tester that we've seen enter the league in a rich Anthony Richardson. This guy is going to be, he's got to start. I like Minshew. Don't get me wrong. I want to see mustache play. I would love to see both of them play. I would love to see both of them play until about week six and then have Minshew move to more of a backup role as A. Rich gets his uh, sea legs under him. That's what I'd like to see. What about you? I'm not for sure. I know I want to see A. Rich play. I, I think uh, trying to find a, a game when I'm back home to uh, run up to Indy and Check these guys out. Unfortunately, when I'm there for preseason this year, they're going to be uh, playing the Rams, I believe. So I'm uh, miss that. Uh, gonna miss that game. All right, we're on to the last section for today's talk. This is the one I wanted to go over a little bit about fantasy football, the things you can do for your league, some possible improvements, and you know. When you got something that works, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I totally understand that. But as we play in the same leagues over and over and over again, and we almost feel committed to continue playing in that league because of the investment in it, and don't want to have to find new people and things like that, um, there are some real easy things that you can do to make the entire experience a little more fun. Maybe a little safer in some places, but without changing the competitiveness or actually improving the competitiveness of your league. One of these for this year that I'll tell you right now is that you need to add some IR spots. You need to, if you don't have IR spots, you need to add some IR spots right now. If uh, you already have IR spots and you're doing a Dynasty League or you're doing some other league, make sure you set some rules for those IR spots, such as 
uh, you can't grab somebody right now and you know, if they get hurt and put them on IR. Um, you need to make these rules because some smartass is going to go in there and try to do that. Probably me, if you're not paying attention. We got a lot of sleepers in my league. Meaning people who just show up and make ridiculous picks during their draft. Anyway, IR spots. Don't sleep. Make sure you have some. It makes the game more fun. All right, next thing I want to talk to you about is your bench size. There's a lot of people that do this all different. If you've got five bench spots, you're going to make it an extremely difficult to even navigate. I'm not talking about winning a bye week. I'm not talking about uh, handling one injured player. If you've got five bench spots, you're, you're making it almost impossible if someone suffers two season or week ending, week missing stars on your team that could have a huge competitive effect on the rest of the season. Should you have 20 bench spots? No. Then it gets ridiculous. And people, unless you really want to like those deep end picks and you want to, you know, you want to get some of these people that are sixth round picks and see if, you know, you know something because he was so fast at college and he's going to be great because he was a roommate with the quarterback or you got some secret knowledge like that. I understand that, but not everybody does that. And it's better to have people work to fight on the waiver wire and to make trades than by having a huge ass uh, bench at the same time. I think seven to 10 is the magic number for a 10 to 12 league uh, person league. Uh, what do you guys think? Let me know what you guys are uh, doing for bench sizes in your league. Very curious. All right. Another thing that you can do is actually start rewarding people for doing great things. Some of you are real miserly with the points. What's the one thing we play this game for is to beat people up. And I want to beat people up by, why just one point? Why, why five points? I want to kick your ass by 122 points. I want to beat you because I had a player make a 60-yard touchdown, and that needs to be rewarded because that doesn't happen every single game. That doesn't happen every quarter. That's not the intention of 85% of the plays. But the 15% of the plays should be rewarded when they are super successful. And as fantasy managers, the most realistic way we can do that is to make sure we're playing in a league where performance, high-performance bonuses, whether that's high-yardage games, long touchdowns. If you have players that you draft who are capable of explosive plays, that should be a reason to draft them over somebody who's just going to fit within a zone. Perhaps. It depends with who you're playing. It depends with your style of risk management. Big games, 
depending upon matchups. Now, all of a sudden, those types of things matter for high-performance bonus players, players that can get you that. On the other side of that, you need to stop being scared of negative one point for a fumble. A fumble's a huge freaking thing. Interceptions change the whole game. If you miss a PAT, if you miss a field goal, that has to result in some type of negative point for that person. That's their only job. Kick the ball. Now, if he goes out there and hits a 67-yard to win the game, that guy needs seven points. Six points? I don't know. Don't be stingy with the points. Give points to as much of those bonuses that make sense. These are just a couple things that you can do to make sure your guys are having a more fun time, especially when you've been in these leagues for 15 years like some of us, when you, or 8, 10, 12, 20 years now. Lots of people have been in leagues for 10, 15 years at this point. Another thing you can do, and this is the last one I'm going to leave you with as we get out of here at our 30-minute mark. Check your playoffs. If you only have 40% of the teams getting into the playoffs, you got a lot of people that are going to go and check out. you got a lot of people that aren't really having fun for two to three, four weeks of the last of the season. The most important fun time to see who wins your league, who's in contention, who's going to make trades before deadline. All those types of things matter so much more. Those last headed into the playoffs and during the playoffs. And if only 40% of your players have a chance to get into that, that doesn't make it much fun. If I was you, I would increase that to 50 to 60%. Take a look at those. Let me know your thoughts on these. I'm super curious what's going to, what, what you guys are finding. What do you think about that? You know, it's a touchy subject. Everyone's got a, a different way of doing it. We've got five different leagues, and everybody's got a little bit different. And we got some crazy leagues where I'm not stingy on points in the league that I created, the Stony Stan League here in Oklahoma. But uh, we'll check that out. Guys, this is a wrap-up for today. I just, we've got, we know there's a lot more information. We still got guests getting ready to come on. We've just been setting up our studios and getting everything ready and coordinated across uh, four different time zones. We got people on the East Coast. We got people in uh, uh, Indiana. We got people in Arizona and Colorado. So we got to, we got to get all these schedules coordinated. But hey, this has been another great, fantasy trouble show we hope you got some information today we hope you got everything that you needed to get back with all of your fantasy league managers and make sure that you have the upper hand by listening to fantasy trouble with nico nathan don't forget fantasy trouble is brought to you by 
Quid AI. If you need any help figuring out, navigating how to get AI into your business or even where you should start, give them a call at quidai.com. We'll be back later in the week with more Fantasy Trouble with Nico Nathan. Make sure you like us. Make sure you share us. That's how we get known. And we can keep doing this show all year long. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I'd like that. All right, guys. Have a good day.